from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. So, as long as your hair is, we can go back in time and see how much stress you had at any one given moment. So we could go back two months, three months, six months, depending on the length of your hair. We don't ask kids about how they're feeling about the divorce at all. When they participate in our study, we do not discuss the divorce in any way. We look at their brain, we do brain imaging, we do dyadic imaging between the parent and child. We also look at their saliva and hair for the cortisol hormone. And so this study is really looking at an attachment-related stressor. I'm Sarah Fenske. A new study just getting underway at Washington University can claim an important first. It's funded by the National Institute of Mental Health, and this is the first time that agency has sought to determine the psychiatric toll of divorce on young children. Our producer, Kayla Drake, talked to Shannon Sides. She's a Brentwood mom who's part of the study. She divorced her husband in September of 2021, and she said she's already noticing the effects on her six-year-old daughter. She's asked me recently, if um, people who have gotten divorced ever get back together. And so I know that she still really misses when her dad and I were together. Um, so that makes that, that really makes me sad for her. But I, I've noticed when we are switching from one parent to the other parent, She'll be super quiet when I go and pick her up. So that's kind of, that's hard as a parent. And I've, what I've told her, you know, sometimes you don't feel like talking, but I just want you to know that if you ever have feelings and, or you don't understand what your feelings are and you just want to talk, I, I'm always happy to talk to you. Now, Shannon Side says she's worked hard to co-parent with her ex-husband. She wants to reduce potential conflict by communicating well. It's hard to explain to some people, you know, they think that you're supposed to hate your ex. And honestly, I'm so thankful that we're both on the same page that we want to remain friends for the sake of the kids. And I'm so thankful we're civil, which I think is just so much less stress on everybody. And that is Shannon Side. She's one of the research participants in a new study looking at the impact of divorce on young children. It's getting underway at Washington University. And here to tell us more is Susan Perlman. She's an associate professor of psychiatry at the Washington University School of Medicine. Susan Perlman, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of the show, so it is an honor to be here. Well, and that is such an honor to hear you say that. You know, this study, it seems like such an important topic. I was really surprised to hear this is the first time the National Institute of Mental Health would fund something like this. How is this the first time for that? <laughs> well, I think it's more the first time for when the National Institute of Mental Health is investigating, looking at the biological unfolding of stress in children this young that would predict the onset of psychopathology 
following this stressor. So we're really looking at this this early age group and how that how that stress unfolds in the biological system. And I'm interested in what you mean by that when you're talking about the biological system. This isn't just sitting down with kids and being like, how do you feel this is impacting you? You're going about this very differently. No, in fact, we don't ask kids about how they're feeling about the divorce at all. When they participate in our study, we do not discuss the divorce in any way. We look at their brain. We do brain imaging. We do dyadic imaging between the parent and child. We also look at their saliva and hair for the cortisol hormone um, to to see how um, that's unfolding uh, stress-wise. And and we are taking blood samples in some of the children in the study to look at um, to to uh, look at inflammation. So there's some really interesting pieces of this. First, you talked about di- I'm going to mispronounce this. It's okay. kind of imaging where yeah. you're looking at a connection here for the parent and kid. How does this work? So we use functional near-infrared spectroscopy, which is imaging using light. So it's safe and painless. It's like shining a flashlight at your head. And we measure the amount of light going in and the amount of light coming out. And that tells us about where the blood flow is in the brain. We do that on both the parent and child at the same time while they interact. So we can see the blood flow in each of their brains and look at how simultaneous it is and if there is concurrence. So I imagine you chose to look at this that particular thing for a reason. How is this something that where as they're interacting with each other, you might be seeing something interesting that you want to focus on? Well, we're really interested in the attachment system in this study. And we are hypothesizing that this neural synchrony, so the synchronization of the activity in their brain, is related to an underlying attachment. And so this study is really looking at an attachment-related stressor, so mm-hmm. a, a stress within the family system. Um, We are both looking at uh, families who are divorcing and families experiencing a high level of parental conflict. And so we're looking at how that attachment between the parent and child can maybe buffer against that stressor. So if they have the good connection with their child, the child might not be affected in some of the other ways that you're you're looking at. Exactly, exactly. So maybe, um, maybe a great connection or great attachment with one or both caregivers really buffers against those biological effects of stress. And so you had talked about looking at their hair. Their hair is helping you figure out just how much stress these kids are under. How does that work? Exactly. So um, in our bodies, when we um, experience stress, we release a hormone called cortisol. And that's, that's measurable in the saliva instantaneously. So that could tell you the cortisol we have at the moment. But what's all really cool is that it is stored in the hair follicle. So as long as your hair is, we can go back in time and see how much stress you had at any one given moment. So we could go back two months, three months, six months, depending on the length of your hair. And so the idea is you're going to look at these little kids' hair. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to see if there's almost a spike depending on on what's happening in their life. Exactly, exactly. And the parent, too. We, We take a hair sample from both parent and child. Wow. So this seems pretty cool. And you're not just looking at, like, how is this going to affect them in the moment? You're kind of geared towards what could happen in the future. Tell me how this all fits together. Exactly. So um, currently, there aren't really any direct interventions for children experiencing this type of familial stressor. But if we find that there are specific ways of measuring biological stress, maybe we could come up with interventions to intervene earlier 
and and see less stress in that biological system and ideally along the way less psychopathology later on. And so is this going to be part of this study where you'll be finding ways to intervene if, if people are showing really severe levels? So this study is not an intervention study. So this is really just a study characterizing in young children ages four to seven, characterizing that unfolding of stress over the 1.5 year period following the stressor, following the, the either the divorce or the um, the increase in parental conflict. And um, and in the future, we hope to use that data to, to find ways to intervene. So you're sort of laying the groundwork here by showing what divorce can do, and then you might figure out ways to say, okay, here's how we combat this. Exactly, exactly. So we had a question from Cindy. She's wondering about the toll of living with parents who are clearly unhappy but stay together for the kids. She's curious which is worse on children. I think it's fair to say, like, people don't get divorced because they're thrilled to be with each other. How? What sort of control group, if any, are you dealing with when it comes to this, this study? Well, Cindy is correct. We are certainly not claiming that any parent, that any married parents are in a happy relationship, which is why we are including increased parental stress in the sample. So kids can participate if they are both, if they've both gone through, the parents have gone through a divorce or the parents are experiencing an increase of stress, which has been arising during the pandemic. We also do welcome children in a control group. So children whose families are not experiencing divorce or parental stress. Um, And we're of course looking at this as a dimension because it isn't really one or the other all the time. So we collect this data in everybody and we look at it as a dimension. Do you feel like you might get some interesting data about this that almost speaks to Cindy's question? Um, And obviously you don't know where exactly this study's going, but you're looking at parents who are dealing with big problems but aren't getting divorced, also looking at parents getting divorced. Is that going to be an interesting contrast potentially? Yeah, I mean, we're not, we are not here to comment on whether or not one should or should not get divorced. That's really not the aim of the study. But we are here to look at what an attachment-related stressor does to children Mm -hmm. and how that changes their biological system and predicts psychopathology. So we can make recommendations based on the stress that children are experiencing. And then I think it's up to the individual family to decide whether that stress would be less or more based on whether they decided to get divorced or not. Yeah, I mean, certainly each family, what is it Tolstoy said? Unhappy families are are all, I'm mangling the quote, I'll just stop here. So earlier we heard from Shannon Sides. Uh, She's a local mom participating in this study. And she said that, yes, she's not planning to see any individual feedback on her daughter after the study. But she really thinks parents ought to think about enrolling. She believes it will help divorced parents in the future. It will help them understand what could lead to better outcomes for kids as they grow up? The research study is a really positive experience. Like, the fact that Finley wants to keep going back and doing research. MRIs are boring and long. I don't know if they're suited for every kid, but it's not invasive at all. She loves doing it. And honestly, I think when couples decide to get divorced, I I would assume that other parents in my situation are concerned really about how it's going to affect their kids. So I would just hope that if other people were considering doing this study with their kids, that they would consider doing that so that we can just learn more um, down the road. 
And that is Shannon Sides, again, a mom participating in this study. She's saying this has been valuable and and also painless. Are you looking for more parents uh, to get involved with their kids at this point? We are. We are. We are enrolling 225 children in the St. Louis area. We have now enrolled about 100. So we're looking for about 125 more. Um, And everyone should call us if they'd like to participate. We are taking Families who are divorcing, not divorcing, stress, non-stress, we're really kind of welcoming all. You can use anybody as long as they have a kid from age four to seven at this point? Pretty much. And if and if they don't qualify for the study based on some other reason, we can find another one of our research studies to put them in. So everyone should definitely call and get screened. And so I imagine in a study like this, you might stumble into some situations where families are under really big stress. Do you have something in place where if you start to realize, okay, like uh, there's something here that that's fairly worrying? Yeah. So I work at the Washington University School of Medicine, Department of Psychiatry, where we have excellent clinics for children and families. So we have a whole list of resources available. If we find or if a family requests that we, a referral to one of our clinics, we have that information ready to provide. Okay. So our producers are, as always, they always have my back. They're here with that quote from Tolstoy that my brain was freezing on. Happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. I think there's such truth in that. And and Susan, you've kind of made your career studying how that works for kids. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I am going to take that quote and put it in my next paper. Everybody can use some Tolstoy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What what got you interested in this particular field? Um, Well, I've been, you know, (laughs) I have a doctorate, so I've been doing this a long time. Um, I I got interested in, in early undergrad where I was actually studying maltreatment. And ever since I've been interested in various forms of stress, um, certainly we, we've done a lot of research in maltreatment and poverty and those kind of stressors. But Kids I'm, who are in really bad situations. Yeah, in really, really bad situations, yeah. exactly. And that research is so important. But I'm starting to get more interested in very common stressors that may not rise to that level of severity, but are common and maybe have less stigma but really do affect children. And I think that there's been less research in in those areas, like parental instability is another one of them. So um, my research in emotional circuitry in the brain has kind of led me to this um, to this, uh, this need to understand stress circuitry. It's interesting because, as you say, almost every family ends up dealing with something like this. I'm surprised there hasn't been more people um, digging into it research-wise. Yeah, I think that the that it, there's starting to be more interest. I think that the um, the stress researchers really have honed in on the more stressful situations. I think, mm-hmm. you know, natural disasters, uh, things like that. So I think that um, it's really starting to become a more burgeoning area of research. Well, it's cool. It seems like you're perfectly positioned to do this. And, and what an interesting study. I look forward to having you back on this show. Once this study is done, yes. I know that won't be for years, but I feel <laughs> like you're going to get some really interesting results from this. Thank you. I am happy to come anytime. Well, Susan Perlman, uh, Associate Professor of Psychiatry at Washington University School of Medicine, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And if you would like to be part of this study, you can go to childbrainlab.com. Again, that's childbrainlab.com or text 314-626-4467. Again, 314-626-4467. We'll also get that on our website, stlonair.show.
This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.